remember when this shit first came out, man. Bitches would be coming up to you like, let me see that iPhone. Let me play with it. Let me stick it up my ass. Put it in my mouth. Suck on it. Then one day, you know, I got tired of all these questions, you know what I'm saying? I let the girl stick the iPhone up her butt. <laughs> Took the doctors 12 hours to get it out. And you know what? It was still working. Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Boondocks Podcast, where today we are reviewing Season 3, Episode 15, It's Going Down, which also happens to be the season finale, in which a terror attack near Woodcrest is imminent and domestic terrorist Huey Freeman is the main suspect. With super agent Jack Flowers on his tail and Ed and Rummy on the loose, can anyone save the day? But before that, how y'all fucking living? <laughs> yeah, you look beautiful. And Dean, you look just handsome as always. Well, thank you very much. Hey, y'all. He don't need nobody telling him that. <laughs> yes, he, I do. He knows I, he's pretty. I need, I need me some words of affirmation. You get words of affirmation from how many people? I don't know. I, uh, more, please. Okay. All right. Fine. Everybody give him some words. <laughs> Words, 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 words. Yeah. How we live in sparse right now. Like most of everything is packed up. Like my, my, most of what I am using between now and moving into my house is in a single suitcase and a laundry basket. <laughs> hey, I'd much rather have it like that than where I've been. Unfortunately, too many times in our lives where it's been a couple of days before the night before. And mm. we're like, all right, we don't want that because we don't look. We can't take it. Yeah. Like just throwing shit in a box. Just like, it's not going to break. Throw it together. Putting shit in our clothes baskets. Like, hey, so you're, you're doing great. You guys are doing awesome. And when's the big day again? Two weeks. We, I'm going to be in Portland. Ooh. I'm going to be in Portland as of the 12th. But technically, we're not moving in until the 17th. But our pods magically go away for a week on the 12th. So I will be hanging out. Down there with my friends. Dean still has to work. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've I've had to find temporary residence that has good internet so I could work. Yeah. So I'll be up here f- until yeah, until basically the 18th. I'll be driving back one of the dogs and maybe a maybe a truck. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't probably, figured that out yet. Probably a truck. Good. <laughs> so you'll you won't hopefully you will not have crazy, crazy, crazy like holiday traffic or anything. How long does no. it drive there? Uh, to the three and from, a half, four hours, maybe it would be three and a half if we run into traffic getting into Portland or something between our front door and our new front door. So, not bad. Well, yeah, we're, fortunately, like, we're fairly north of in, in Portland, so, so. We, we it's pretty quick. We don't have to drive through a whole bunch of crap, but just one bridge instead of like 17. That's good. <laughs> very cautiously in uh say that in a nice way in Portland. I'm like, that is this the speed limit or you guys just okay. That's what we do. All right. 
Oh yeah, that's yeah, that. absolutely. <laughs> but also, I don't. Out here. <laughs> Portland is not as much as it is a big city. It's not a big city, so it's got a lot of freeways and a lot of bridges because okay. there's a lot of rivers and and things going through it. But yeah, like there are certain times of the day where you are probably better off walking to wherever you want to go or taking the max. So. I'm actually really excited to live somewhere that has already has uh, public transit infrastructure that mostly works. Yeah, we were in Beaverton. I have a friend that lives out there. Yeah. That's where they keep all the beavers. Yeah. Yep. So. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. All right. So do we, before we get started, since this is a season finale, I would like to say this up front. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to give a huge thanks to uh, Drake and Demond mm -hmm. for joining us when throughout. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you guys are usually fantastic. last minute. Yeah, <laughs> usually <laughs> you guys are fantastic. We really appreciate you. I love you both, and hope to have you back on again because yeah, it was good times. Love you guys. <laughs> oh, and also to Dennis Guggen. Oh, yes. For the Pops. Pops are awesome. Not yeah. just Boondocks, but us. Yeah. Like, like we each of us have our own Pop now. They're packed away, and we'll send them <laughs> off once we've gotten moved. So We were afraid of losing things or forgetting things, so it was like, just, every, just pack it and be safe. But yeah, go. And Target is Christmas, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go, yeah, Dennis Guggen, G-U-G-I-N, custom pop finals. Go check him out. He's uh, most of his stuff you'll find. I mean, he is on Twitter, but his all the bulk of his stuff you'll find on really great stuff. In fact, he, he just made a Devil Dean from Community. Oh yeah. From so if you watched Community, uh, the the Devil Dean where he's dressed with, with the horns and he's got a what a, a corset like a on and he's got a chainsaw. From, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Dennis does some amazing work. So. Yeah. yeah, go check him out. Oh, the other day, didn't we hit like some kind of milestone? We did hit a milestone. Just was that yesterday or two day two days ago? We finally went over five thousand downloads. That's crazy. That's pretty awesome. Which is fascinating <laughs> because in October we were only at four thousand downloads. Right? So, damn. So beginning of October to end of November, we've picked up some regular listeners, obviously. So like people who listen probably to like from the beginning, you know, just picked it up because unless we picked up a whole lot that just joined us in the middle. Could be. Yeah. I mean, currently, yeah, for the month of November. So this is the last day of November. Not our best month, but we did have 5,000. I mean, we still got a little bit of time left, but... Yeah, if so, month of November, as of this moment, we are at where was it? 489 total downloads for the month. October was our best month with 540. If we just get another 70, we will uh, 70 downloads between now and uh, midnight. In, <laughs> On what coast, midnight? Uh, yeah, this one because it's uh, 745, 745 on the west coast right now. Yep, so you got it, just got a few hours left. We can get we can do that. Yeah, in the top 100, 154 uh, pod charts as well. And also pretty good. So 
Stand. We got some props. I think this is probably from Dennis. The Devil Dean probably got saying cool for that. So yeah. Satan saying cool. <laughs> Satan saying cool. And congrats from Stupid Bill. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. I don't know if I was singing things. I was like, did you guys see the devil? Said. Because <laughs> <laughs> we can see them before. <laughs> Only when I look in the mirror. Up. <laughs> <laughs> I love being able to see Lindsay. <laughs> Man, see every time you lift up that glass of wine, I'm like, damn it, why didn't I get a glass of wine? Girl. <laughs> I would go get it. Dean, when you magically escape to go and feed the dogs, maybe you should pour some wine into uh, a cup. May, for me. Maybe about this cup? No. <laughs> I love you. You know how much you drink now. Yeah. Not much. Surprisingly for anybody who's known me for longer than a few years, but I it's not even just that it's, since the pandemic I've just if I'm at home I'm generally not interested I just when I'm out with friends yeah give me a margarita or a couple of glasses of wine everything's great then I'm at home and I'm like you know maybe I want a glass of wine and then I'll pour myself like an inch of wine and it'll take me all night to drink it just not interested anymore <laughs> probably from sitting in my house for too long now. Mm. <laughs> Girl, get ready. I feel like here we go again. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, let's just go over some of the top news stories and then, and it'll just all sound like every single one of them will sound like some kind of repeat of something. Mm -hmm. We had the, we had a school shooting in Michigan. Unfortunately, three children have died and a 15 year old is in custody for it. Michigan, correct? Yep. Just north of Detroit. Best I can say in situations like this is usually, and it's that same thing with what we were talking about psychopaths and, and serial killers earlier. Somewhere along the line, somebody missed something. And I don't know. It's You can have all the gun regulation in the world, but if you are not addressing issues that lead to children killing other children, like that's something completely different than some asshole with a gun shooting yeah. up a mall or whatever. This is a 15-year-old fucking kid. And just to your point, you know, where there's a, been a failure, obviously, within his community, within his nurture kind of situation. Me as a parent right now going through where the little one, Jackson, just keeps getting messed with, keeps getting messed with. I told you guys he got in a fight, you know, thought it was yeah. over. Kid did something today. And I'm just like, why are they so, like, focused? And for me, I don't think that I have anything to worry about in the event that he would end up doing something. But I don't know about these other little almost cursed. About these other children. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I am officially not a teacher. They are little fuckers. <laughs> I love every one of them, usually. Them out and then tell their parents to come up so I can cuss them out as well. And then part of me is, okay, it's part of being a kid. But it's different now than when, it were, when we were growing up and parents could just go, it's part of being a kid. Or my mom said, you go and you fight them. And if you don't, you come home and fight me. And that was the gist of it. I can't have that same, we can't really have that same rhetoric or that same mindset anymore. And I feel like it, it plays to what happened today and what's been happening more, more consciously or more constantly and why parents need to be aware. Whoever is the influence in that child's life, you need to be aware of whatever signs there are. Don't take mm -hmm. any signs for being minute. Don't take anything for, you know, just being a part of childhood. Nowadays, it can't because of certain situations. And these kids are just what, uh, not even a year, what, four months back into being into in school, learning yeah. on the regular and being back with all these people. I know hubby has, they've had at least 
six, seven fights so far for this school year, and a couple where parents were fighting each other and police officers had to be present and things like that. Just yeah. what did you say, babe? Parents, oh, parents fighting kids, fighting, fighting each other. Yeah. So it's that. That's exactly what I'm saying. There's so many. It's different than when, you know, we were growing up. But much like you were saying, T, it's we've got to be much more aware, diligent, be that helicopter parent, if, for lack of a better term right there. Be that one that really blows up everything because and, that's what we're going to hopefully be able to alleviate. Yeah. And make mental health a priority in your family, yeah. not just for you or just for your kid, but like your whole family as a unit, because the closer you are able and the better you are able to communicate with each other, the more likely you're going to know when something is going on, whether it be someone's picking on your kid or your kid is picking on somebody or like whatever. Like it, communication is not just for relationships. It's not just for intimate relationships. It is essential in families because and, and I feel like this is one of the reasons why there's a lot of issues, especially in the teenage years. We don't know how to communicate with each other. We don't know how to have rational conversations anymore. And I mean, like adults to kids, kids with other kids. Most certainly the Internet has basically taught an entire generation that you can be an asshole and get away with it. Yeah. And it's sad when. I think this is uh, one of the things about that I love about podcasting is that we can show as creators and as individuals who have different different mindset and different opinions, we can show how that communication, how it should go, yeah. how you can still have disagreements, but still come back the same hour, the same five minutes, the same week, next week or whatever. <laughs> and the shit just be rolled off your back like it should, because you're not always going to agree with the other person. You're not always going to agree with who's around you every day, but how you handle it, how you handle that disagreement, how you learn from it, listen, that's huge, listen. And once you're able to listen, then you're able to disseminate and have the conversation that hopefully conducive to, to, to everybody having a positive um, interaction. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I, it's like you said, it's, we're telling the same things that we were ta probably talking about a year ago, oh, yeah. you know, six months ago. Well, and it, it's gotten worse to, yeah. for kids. Like being back in school is great, but being back in school does not solve the things that have been traumatizing us, all of us, any age, any, every person has experienced trauma uh, in the last almost two years, yeah. no matter what. Some of us have experienced a lot more than others, but everybody has been inside situational trauma for the last almost two years. And like, I don't know if <sighs> mental health is such a hard thing for just everyday people to access. Like for me, when I had a, when I had the insurance that I no longer have and when I switched to what I have now and went to my doctor and started talking about the things that my regular doctor was taking care of because the insurance that I had said that basically I have to exhaust all of these things before I can get more help. Well, one of those things was an actual like medication prescriber for depression, which I have been documented for almost 30 years at this point. 
And I was still in my general practitioner was monitoring my medication point. We, yeah. Like I got a phone call today. I've been on my new insurance for a month now. I got a phone call today from behavioral health going, hey, let's set up an appointment before you move out of our state. I'm just, so I spent years trying to get the help that I knew that I needed. And it got to a point where I definitely did not have the help that I needed. (laughs) And it was evident to everything and like almost led to really bad things. But I'm somebody who luckily has a very strong system behind me between my husband and, and the rest of my family and my friends who are also family. But not everybody has the ability to take six months off of work. Yeah. Or to, you know, you know, out of control, they must feel. Yeah. You can't get the help that you need. You can go to your doctor and say, I need to go see a ear, ENT, ear, nose, and throat. Mm-hmm. Maybe the referral will take a week or two, but it'll right? happen. Right. But when you need to go speak with someone, you have to go through your PCP first. And your PCP has to not want to bog you down with 9,000 different medications instead of doing what needs to be done first, which is getting you to the practitioner that can help right away. So how scary that must be and how I would imagine that it would feel like you're drowning without any help. Like you're just bobbing. You're keeping your head above water. I can imagine how that feels. So I, yeah, in the last year and a half, I've, I had a few friends who chose to no longer fight that. So I get it. I understand that this is a huge problem for everybody. And I know that this conversation started out with a school shooting, but it's kind of just endemic of this country, really. I love that you said it's not about gun control. I love that you said that. That's not the bigger issue. No, it's not. Mental health. But what do they want to point to and what's going to be pointed to from here here in the next two, three weeks that they even talk about it? Oh, they won't, though. The problem is there's going to be another one soon and nothing's going to happen on... For anything. They're gonna talk about like, yeah. The 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 specific things that lead to where we are right now, it probably is easier to just ban assault weapons than it would be to actually do the things that need to be done to make society better. And I say this as I am your hardcore leftist, practically commie neighbor. I think fucking Democrats are idiots. I think Republicans are warmongers and sociopaths. But I don't, and I don't think anybody who's in politics actually like, they may have started with the intention of changing the world, but all they've done is keep things stagnant. And that's especially true, like in my lifetime, mental health and education have been cut over and over and over and over and over again from national budgets. Yeah. Um, Starting what, in the 80s? Starting before that, but in the 80s, there was a huge, because they closed down most of the state psychiatric um, facilities without actually doing anything about any of the patients that now were probably homeless. Because back then, it used to be that they would say, well, maybe this person needs to go and be a ward, not a ward of the state, but go and be in a mental facility. That was something that was Mm -hmm. a normal diagnosis or a normal treatment plan. Now, it's let them be out there. The, yeah. the shooting today happened in a suburban neighborhood, like a white yeah, neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. So that meant to help. But yeah, well, there are two things that so you've got 
mental health has basically been put onto the shoulders of two different types of people in the community without any kind of change or we lost anything. Oh, Dean dropped. Did you? Yeah, we lost. And yours is on mute. Ah, all done. Do do do. Why you do? This is Just live. One moment, this is live, everybody. <laughs> this is live. <laughs> You're back. Can you hear me again? Or is it the cover? Yeah, that's fine. Just You're leave back. the room, do it. It's fine. <laughs> like the people who are watching it live probably have no idea that Dean usually routinely leaves the room during podcasting to feed the dogs and stuff like that. So because we get cover the wine. it so well. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. get the wine. Yeah, that's a good good point. Go on. <laughs> anyway. A three-hour episode. What was I saying? Oh, uh, right. So you've got teachers who basically have been given the role of mental health in schools now without, for the most part, without any training. One of the things that I found most prevalent in special education was how many general education staff did not have any training of any kind in mental health care or just basically they, they would take one class or two classes and that would be it. Usually like Psych 101 or child development or something like that. But Ivy's been a teacher for eight years. Mm -hmm. And for eight years, he has had IEP students. Not saying that that's exactly the same, but a lot of those students have, you know, trauma, mental, Ill mental issues, things mm -hmm. like that. He, he, he went in there with his degree from Davis, guys, which was for um, pre-law, which is for what is it, sociology. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And went in, got the job. Because he, you know, he did his, his basic test that he needed to be able to be like a substitute, mm -hmm. got class right away and immediately within, within, I'd say six months, if not less, was given students and started being that one who, you know, they, they would go to. Now, because he can handle and he gives structure and he disciplines the children. And so he's able to, I don't want to say kind of, he's able to help the students that way. Because he is that, you know, he is that structure that they need. He is that disciplinary they need. But he's still not, you know, he's still not trained education mm -hmm. or anything else other than his hands-on experience that he's had in almost eight years. And it's exactly what you're saying. He loves what he does. And he's dedicated to, the, you know, to these children and to, you know, and to the community. But he's not everybody. And he's, right. seen, and we've seen so many, you know, teachers come in and out, in and out because they're not able to handle it because they're not educated. Because they don't have that perseverance and that know-how to be like, you know what, these are just kids. Let's discipline them first and then, you know, we can deal with everything else. But, but also to understand how to discipline somebody so that it's not a negative thing. Because discipline yeah. does not have to be negative. Yeah. It's, yep. Discipline is, is a way to teach. You know, it's a way to understand how, to, how your expected behavior is. And as somebody who abhors most behavior theory because I feel like it's very much based on what bothers other people rather than what's actually going on with the kid. Yeah. I, I think that at its base, what kids, what all kids want is what you're saying your husband does, which is awesome. It's that structure. It's that willingness to, to be that teacher for these kids, even without the education or experience or whatever. You know, I, I was ba that was what basically happened to me and how I figured out that I wanted to work with these kids specifically. It, I, they just kind of somehow were drawn to me and I ended up essentially doing the work of 
gen-ed teachers as a teacher's aide. That's right. So, yeah. yeah. And like you said, it, it falls on the shoulders of teachers and then it mm-hmm. falls on the shoulders of um, what you're going to say the second. The, the police, which it yeah. absolutely shouldn't They're because, again, prepared. no mental health training <laughs> whatsoever. They're not. Prepared. That's actually a very important case with that at the heart of it was settled today in, in court here in Seattle. A couple of years ago, a pregnant mother had a mental health crisis and within seven seconds of arriving, no, it's 11 seconds of arriving. She'd been shot seven times by the cops, something like that. It was very, very quick. And they say that she came at them with a knife and that she was screaming at them and blah, blah, blah. Oh, but this is also, that. yeah, this is also a woman who had a history of just getting out of abusive relationships. She was in transitional housing at the time that this happened. She'd had multiple mental health crises. She was known to the the regular officers in that neighborhood. I do not think that these were regular officers. That, But point being, in this particular case, literally the cops got there, saw this tiny little black woman, decided she was a threat and shot her didn't attempt to do any nonviolent de-escalation, didn't attempt to subdue her in any way. And from what I understand, like, I could have done that. Like, I'm trained to de-arm somebody who is smaller than me. And she... What happened from- using, like, beanbag bags and, you know... And right. No Not even a taser. Yeah. Like, they, yeah. So, but that was, you know, yeah, that was... Settled today. today. The estate of Charlene Lyle's uh, got three and a half million dollars from the police department. The cops got two day suspension with pay. Oh, yeah. So, you know, good old Seattle. And our, our, even though our, our. Ended without pay. <laughs> oh, no, no. They, they had basically two days off with pay. It should be bare minimum. Anything that happened, yeah. I believe, with police officers. And any, you know, review that has to be done or investigation, they should not get paid. You know, some Nisha who got an attitude on the customer service call, when she gets suspended, she usually gets suspended with no pay. You know what I'm saying? So, like, why is it that this person who's taken somebody's life, we're, we're not holding them to the same standard? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm being very, very, you know, tongue in cheek with my, my, you know, my, my example here. Yeah, my analogy. But. I mean, come on, it's that fucking simple, I feel like. It really is. And that would say a lot to the community, which I think would build relationships between the community and police officers. Not saying mend them, but I'm saying it would be able to help to create, you know, some type of connection, at least some type of respect, where then people are saying, well, they're being held accountable. You know, they don't just get to take extra vacation days with pay Right. And, you know, leave this leave the city because they don't want to be bothered for that time or whatever else. They don't want to see all the, you know, the, yep. the news media or whatever, and then come back and live their normal freaking lives. Show some accountability being taken. And I think that there would be some respect built up by the community. Some agreed. Not all. But so. I mean, this is also like the Seattle Police Department is, for lack of a better word, has been notoriously shitty. Like, then I don't know how to say it really in any way other than have voted as a population to to defund multiple times. But our city council and our mayor. Went against that and 
our mayor just resigned and basically, as she was leaving office, office restored money that had been cut from the police department's fund and like just and now our former police chief is on cnn and msnbc and all of the other things because you know she's an awesome police chief and probably is going to be an awesome police chief in like new york or some shit like that now but somewhere else if we could put on yeah we just because she's a black woman does not mean (laughs) they go into seattle a lot to audit the the police officers there Mm -hmm. and there was in one suburb where they really pulled this black man. Well, they didn't pull him over. He was firing for a uh, politician that was just getting ready to, you know, that was, that was, that was campaigning. And neighbors in the neighborhood called the police because they thought it was suspicious because of the way that he was dressed when it was 62 degrees. And they felt that him having a jacket on and a hat was suspicious. So therefore they pulled, they went to go pull, you know, to tell this man to stop walking, to stop doing what he was doing. He was like, you know, I don't have to very educated, like a law student, but they didn't know that, you know, they just, they treated him so bad. And these cops immediately, I mean, immediately were just, (laughs) they were racial profiling. And then they didn't, they weren't like, even though they had their cameras on, they were shy about it. They weren't like, you know, on the under about it. They were blatant about what I have a couple of guesses on what, what suburb you're talking about. (laughs) There are a few I could name that might work for that. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. I could just imagine. I mean, not that we don't have them that California, you know, it's so much, so much bigger. So we don't, I'm sure something went on today in each part of California, but it's just that unless you live there, you don't have that, you know, that direct knowledge of it. I know like in the Bay right now, what's going on is a lot of smash and grabs. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I, I saw something that said that's, Because there was some news story, again, in the Bay Area, that there was like this massive uptick in shoplifting. But what turned out to be um, untrue, it was like their inventory system did something weird. But like the news has just been running that there's been this like uptick in shoplifting. And and I would just like to say for the record, on my own opinion, nobody else needs to have this opinion. But my opinion, I don't care what you're fucking shoplifting. I'm looking the other way because fuck you. If you need... You know, if you have a problem with somebody stealing something and it's not from you, look, I don't, I don't need to hear from you. what I get paid on. So if you want to come into, you know, Target and right. take something, and they got money. They got more money than I do. Right. You didn't see that? I didn't see that. At all. <laughs> exactly. Especially if it's food. No, you, I didn't see nothing. Right. Food, diapers, right. anything that like is necessary for life. I didn't see shit. I will make a distraction to make sure you can get out of the fucking store. Anyway, anyway, that's why they put that <laughs> stuff so much, you know, diapers, like mm-hmm. the shit that people need to get and they can't, they, you know, that, that's a whole, uh, that's a whole nother episode. Dean's like, good Lord. No, well, I was saying, well, we haven't I, even gotten into some of this. Yeah. Yeah. So referring back to that, the one you were talking about in Seattle where they, the, the, the educated person was out canvassing for a blood. That, that's kind of like what happened in Tacoma. There was a guy who was delivering newspapers. Oh, yeah. And oh. it was the police chief in Tacoma yeah. who stopped yeah. him yeah. and said if his life was threatened and all this shit. This yeah, guy's out trying to fucking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was on audit, audit too. We saw that one too. He was like, it's four o'clock in the morning. I'm doing my fucking job. Like he was so, he was in like a little Corolla. Like he was, you could tell he was just, just. Yeah. I mean, newspa- I, I, I've known newspaper delivery yeah. people, they don't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. they, they are making, they, they, they are working at fucking three o'clock in the yeah. morning, yeah. folding papers to go deliver them. They don't, not, they don't make a ton of money. And nobody that fucking the reads back. the paper yeah. anymore. So, you know, they don't have a lot of people right. that they're selling this to. 
That's what I said. I was like, ooh, he like he, whatever customers he have, they are serious about their papers. So he's right? trying to their papers. Yeah, we so we did see that one. Yeah. But yeah, there's just there's so many there's so many things in the news. Like I feel like I want to touch on a bunch of other stuff, but we don't like I don't want to talk about it forever. But just a couple of, you know, we've got the new the 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 hmm, Omnicron. <laughs> Omicron. Omicron. Omicron variant now, which, you know, because 40% of our of our country thinks that, well, shit, let's, let's do this. 40% of the, our country believes that the rest of the world doesn't deserve to have it, but they won't take it themselves. Yeah. But anyway. Have you guys had your boosters? Yep. No, Dean has not had third not yet. yet. I, will, I will. I just have to. I've been okay. too busy. But I will. And I don't really see a lot of people anyway. Right. So now with this one, it's not like I didn't want to, but I'm like, okay, well, it's even more. I mean, it was just our six month mark last month. Our last one. So, but honestly, if I have to take a shot every six months, I will do it. Like I already take a flu shot every year. I already get booster shots on other things when I need them because that's just how it's been for my entire life. I trust science. Right. Thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if you see some of the art. Well, I know you haven't been able to see them lately. I, I got into an argument with somebody on on the Boondocks Twitter. Say, there's talking. Talk, talk, well, it, it depends on which one. So I, I get argue, I get on arguments on all of them. But yeah, somebody was telling me I was brainwashed, and I said, I said, I said, you misspelled educated. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go look that up now. I have the, have the Twitter on a, the other new, new podcast on our computer, so. I will be logging in because I like to see those because you don't back down. And I feel like oh, they no. think that you're about to. And, they <laughs> oh, no. and you're like, I, I have made Dean promise that that he will stay alive as long as I'm alive. That that is our agreement. <laughs> like he's he's got a death wish a little bit or rather, hey, you know, <laughs> more like, you know, wipe out the crazies. <laughs> and by crazies, I mean the people his in-laws hang out with. I'm going to go punish her. <laughs> well, hey, I know Lindsay was saying before, like, I don't give a shit. I have to say what I have to say. If you like it, you like it. If not, then I don't know what to tell you. And some people just need to have that dose of either reality or honesty or like slap upside the head, knowledge, something. Ooh. Because people that say that you're brainwashed, it's like, really? Or are you the one that brainwashed? Because you're coming to me with this rhetoric that is like straight off of the, you know, the, the Q you know, private social media and all that shit. It's a lot. Great. Uh, speaking of wanting to hit somebody upside the head, Dr. Oz is running for Senate. <laughs> I just, I love seeing his face. Every time it, it is said out loud, it's like, <laughs> I thought it was bad. He may, he may, as, be, may as well be called the oh, Wizard of Oz. He's, that's for all the fucking use he is. So. Yeah. What's he a doctor of anyway? He's not. Oh, he's not. Well, I know Dr. Phil's not really a doctor. Dr. Phil's not really. And he's like finally come out and said that. Like Dr. Phil is a top psychologist, which is exactly what I could go on a show and be right now. Uh, like Somebody could be like my, my friend. And that is what Dr. Phil is. That's why he says such awesome country old sayings like he said. He's, he's a cardiothoracic surgeon. Dr. Oz? Mm -hmm. Well, just, uh, what was his name? The uh, Ben Carson. It was a brain surgeon. Just, yeah. just because you can do something amazing like that does not mean that you have smarts in other ways. Yeah, no goddamn common sense. 
And especially when a TV show makes your brand and your, and your, you know, your whole identity for you. Yeah. I, that makes yeah. sense why he doesn't have a show on anymore. Or if he does, it doesn't get shown, at least in this part of Northern California. But not when. I mean, as far as I know, he's basically like uh, been labeled as a spreader of, of propaganda. Like, he does not have a lot of credibility behind his name, which does not surprise me that he wants to be a politician. Montel Williams and the whole conversation about marijuana and, you know, health and MS and stuff. Like, basically, they used each other because every time I watched an episode, I was like, you guys are both shut up. How are you guys both supposed to be experts? And you're just so it's so bullshit right now. And what it was is really just let's let's see whose balls swing, you know, farther <laughs> over or whose balls are heavier in this conversation. Because one episode would be Montel, you're right. Oh, you're right. You know, marijuana's great. You know, blah. and then the other one would be like, well, you know what? You're right. So it was it's so reality TV. That's what I'll say. Reality TV help. So. You know, what are you going to do? I'd, like I said, I'd rather have Matthew McConaughey running, even though he's not. All right. All right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. Also, he was, so he received his undergraduate degree from, in biology from Harvard. Again, so, yeah, science he's a, he's a, doesn't make you. No, I'm not saying. I, 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 <laughs> Especially I think it's because I'm surprised. Yeah. If you're a specialist, but then you're like espousing like natural medicine, you don't actually have the background and training to make anything. So what are you doing? Your job, the thing that you are specifically trained for, that you have this, you know, probably, you know, 10,000, or $10,000, <laughs> $100,000 degree or more, probably. Let's go with like 500,000 degree. Does not make you an expert in everything. It just okay. makes you an expert in yeah. the thing that you studied for eight years or 10 years or whatever it is for to get to that level. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not wrong. I mean, yeah. Like, he's hawking all kinds of crazy right. weight loss shit. He did it, apple cider vinegar. Ridiculous. And he came oh around and told how apple cider vinegar was bad. And I was like, well, which is it, good or bad? Because you were just touting it. You said keep apple cider vinegar next to the water, next to your bed. And when you wake up in the morning, drink that and take a shot of I completely remember. No. I love apple cider vinegar. I'm one of those, oh my God. I love it. Love the bitterness. Love the taste. Give it to me. Me and my son, we're the weirdos in the house. But yeah, so... I think his thing was just to make like his daughter, you know, a career, which yeah, did. He made a career for himself, you know, put more money back in their bank accounts. That's, you know, they were successful at that. Just like Dr. Phil, his wife has her own like, you know, skincare line and his son married a playboy playmate. I don't, I don't mind people yeah. like doing their hustle and doing their thing. And, you know, if you, if you can sell something, sell something. But don't pretend <laughs> that you are anything more than you are and that what you are selling is anything more than you are. And don't, like, <sighs> it's anytime I hear somebody who is not, let's see, how should I say this? Somebody who's in a, in a position where their popularity is entirely based on something superficial. They're on TV or, you know, they're pretty or whatever. Like, Matthew McConaughey running for for whatever. There is no he he has as much experience as Trump did. And that's therefore, yeah, he absolutely could run for whatever. But I think that's a problem. Oh, for sure. I feel like there should be like a base, you know, you 
even if you don't even I, I wouldn't say that you have to be a college graduate because at this point, I don't really even think that that is necessary mm-hmm. and necessarily some kind of like symbol of intelligence for some people. It's just a symbol yeah. that you know how to game the system. Yeah. yeah. Especially nowadays. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I would always put my children on, too, but it, it needs to be something that is actually going to help and not something that is just adding to you adding to the shittiness of, you know, of our culture. And, as, you know, there's a lot of that that goes on. Yeah. So, I mean, we could talk about that all day, too. I could talk about me and my my disdain for Judge Mathis lately. Like, <laughs> you, you are. There are so many things we could we could talk about the the black uh, fashion designer that just died. We could talk right. about Kanye West donating money to oh God. What, God damn it. What was it? Anyway, the Supreme Court's going to look at Roe versus Wade most likely in the next day. Like there are so many fucking things all happening. But we just don't have time to talk about all of that. Rest in peace to, you know, to the creative director. Yeah, to Virgil. I, I, someone else and another black man who's decided to go through a very, very serious illness. Quietly, yeah. You know, and, and just where his family knew. And continue to thrive in his creativity and leave us with, you know, leave his mark on this universe and leave us something that we can all look back on. I think that is just, that is probably the most brave thing that, you know, that he can do. And just, you know, the, you know, who played Black uh, Panther? I know his name. Chadwick Boseman. I don't know why. It's the anniversary too, I think. That's crazy. Is it? No, it's something, I thought it was the anniversary of his death. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) just just a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And from um, cancer, both like wow. Yeah, both of them from cancer. And in their forties. Mm-hmm. You know, that's scary. I mean, on the other end, I will say I did just watch uh Kathy Griffin, who I love, 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 love. Yeah. Um, that she is cancer free. Just watched her on Jimmy Kimmel last night. And that she's married, she's cancer free. She's and I she got married. I, you know, she was canceled, and I think for a bullshit reason. Oh, she yeah, totally. Hilarious to me. And so I have to say, just watch it last night. You don't think <laughs> let's see. I love I love being able to see Lindsay too. I feel like I feel the <laughs> when we're not on, but just seeing it even makes it even better. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm happy for her because when I heard that she had like lung cancer and had never smoked a day in her life, mm-hmm. like that was like, oh my gosh. So to know again, I do know that a lot of it probably had to do with her, you know, her her um her income level. I'm not gonna deny that, but um just happy to see when we're hearing so many things that are sad of people being taken away by this horrible disease that there's somebody who you know who's able to come out on top it's uh, like you uh jack coach jack del rio for the washington football team just hit his one year anniversary for being cancer free so oh, okay. was, talked about that on uh, monday night football last night props to him but fuck the washington football team <laughs> <laughs> and the fans that still do that stupid fucking chant in the stands are no, they no, just, that's that's the chiefs that's no, the they chief. were last oh, night. Oh, were they? they I didn't oh, see yeah, I didn't there hear was that. absolutely you could hear it. Okay. All right. I believe you. I don't know <laughs> what it is, but it's that racist like Well, yeah, that's what the that's which is that's, what the Chiefs do, yes, yeah. I know. I have not seen the And the, the Cleveland boner, Indians. The boner cats do that. Anyway. The boner cats. The boner cats. Uh, anyway. One of these days you're gonna have to we're gonna have to make that one popular again. Boner cat. Yeah, <laughs> uh, actually Don got a, a boner cats t shirt. Yeah. Yeah, kicking ass. We talking about we don't talk about sports. Woohoo, Warriors! Okay, now. All right, 
How about let's All talk right. about the boondocks? Let's talk about the boondocks. All right. So season three, episode 15. This is the the final Magruder episode, right? Yes. Until they start it back up again in next year. Whenever they on do HBO that. Max. I actually, yeah. Anyway, let's move on from that. <laughs> we'll talk about that one in a minute. <laughs> All right. The episode starts off inside a U.S. military base where a jihadist prisoner named Omar Muhammad is detained. What a, that name. A government agent named Jack Flowers interrogates Omar about the target for a possible terrorist attack. Because Omar keeps refusing, Jack repeatedly kicks him in the testicles. During the last kick, Omar yells out a random place name out of dis- desperation. Woodcrest. So. That was a scene right out of 24, which in this episode is apparently both a TV show and real life because eventually Ruckus is going to know exactly who this person is and exactly what he's known for. So I just thought that was interesting that this is both a show and a real guy. Also, what would happen if you got kicked in the testicles over and over and over again? Probably puke and pass out, I would imagine. I mean, but I know. Like, would I, that compound pain? Would it get worse every time, or I, would it like? I don't. I, I have not. Would been, you have any? I, I have. Left? I have not been. <laughs> I have not been kicked multiple times in the balls. So I. Anybody I, out there been kicked I, multiple I, times in the balls? <laughs> let me know. Curious minds need to know. Stomp them in the nuts. <laughs> it doesn't hurt that bad. Come on, you guys would be putting on, putting on. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of nerdbendings in some, there. There's some people who are into that, though. They, so. There are absolutely people who that is their thing. And cool, cool. Okay. That sounds like a great Friday night. What do you think? No king shaman. <laughs> so next, we cut to Huey on the hilltop next to the tree where he likes to hang out, staring at the windy sky. The white shadow has joined him. He com- he commends Huey on retiring. And the reason why I mentioned about this being Magruder's last season is, you know, was Huey quitting Magruder's way of saying, I'm quitting, letting it be known without it being a big deal at the time? I don't know. Was was it known at the time that he was? I, I, I don't know if it was known, but I think he had a, a feeling about it. Okay. I, I don't know the, all the facts to, to it, but. There's other things that happened in this season that kind of led on to that as well. Right. 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 Very final. Yeah. This uh, this season especially. I wonder if, you know, he just was like, okay, we're ending the show. And then, because I wasn't watching it at the time that it was live. Did the fourth season come out immediately right after? Or did they like, it was oh, a, this to... This ended in 2010, 2011. And then season four, I think, was 2014, 15. Okay, so that makes sense then. He probably was just like, and we're done. And the the company was like, wait, wait, we still want to make money. Yeah. Because so, wasn't it on, a, like, Adult Swim? Yeah. They, they were, yeah. So, see, yeah, season four. Went April 21st through June 23rd, 2014. Okay. All right. So he tells Huey that it's the right thing to do. He informs Huey that the Central Terrorist Agency, unit, something, are coming after him because they think he's a domestic terrorist. The White Shadow disappears after telling Huey that it's a warning for him. We cut to Ed Wensler III and Jin Rummy walking, at, walking the streets. There, Ed the Third. 
talks and boasts about his new iPhone. We heard about it in our opening clip, which was kind of hilarious because before we started, we were talking about the the phone thing too. So, so Remy says that it can't make a phone call, which was kind of hilarious that they didn't have an app for that. And then they stop in front of Wensler Plaza. Inside at the front desk is a security guard named Dan Stuckey, a.k.a. Dan the security man. He is called into Rush, Limbaugh, into Rush Limbaugh's show to bash Barack Obama declaring war against rich people. Not like him at all. Yeah. So skinny, maybe. <laughs> That's exactly why I picked the clip, because to me, this was Republican hypocrisy at its finest. Just what they do. You know, so perfect. You can't tell me what to do with my body when it comes to this vaccine. But ladies, you better keep them closed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I don't Lord. know why you're writing Chris Christie. I don't know why. Like, Yes. Yeah. The voice. Uh, so the guy, the guy that played it, he's in the first season of The Wire. The the you know the two knuckleheads, the white bald guy and the and the black bald guy that hung out together, that were always fucking up. It's like the, the undercover cop. They, yeah, they were they okay. were undercover cops. Okay. So, and they were the you ones. You said this yeah. earlier, and I couldn't place it, but now I think I do. So yeah, he he was he was the white one of that of that okay. of that duo that that vo- was the voice actor in this. So. Oh. All right. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I the part that cracked me up the most, though, I have to say is, you know, I figure I'll have 30 million in the first two years. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, how, 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 could, yeah, how, how did you arrive at that conclusion? Right. At that amount. Right. Ask those questions. Well, yeah. And that was, you know, Rush Limbaugh is now dead. Thank you. I would dance on his grave if I knew where it was. Definitely would piss on it, too. But that was that was. It was like what Lynn's was saying. That's exactly the Republican formula on TV for the last. It was a joke then. It was a joke 15 years ago or whatever. No, okay, not 15, but 10 years ago. It was a joke because it had been around for so long at that point. Like that was Rush Limbaugh was was the Alex Jones of that time. And, you know, you could there's more than that. If you like go back, like there's always been some kind of weird like. Yeah. When he died, like being that we're in Sacramento, and, you know, he started, he was on the air here. He was on a radio station here for mm. a while. They talked about him like as if Jesus Christ himself, you know, had passed away. And I was like, are you guys serious? Like, you're not, this is what you're, 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 you're showcasing. Like, this is what you're talking about. I mean, this it guy? Was special news, like special long 45 minute news, you know, and it was all about his everything and I was like come on Sacramento you're that's you're you're upsetting me right now being a Sacramento but yeah that was part of his legacy was what he lived here in Sacramento and they talked about it like it was a great legacy very embarrassing (laughs) sorry (laughs) yeah yeah that was one that really I'm not gonna say it surprised me it I was (laughs) what surprised me was how many people were like we don't have to talk about all the terrible things that he did. I'm like, bitch, I was alive for all of those things. Right. <laughs> like, like so, some of us haven't forgotten, but cool. Okay. A huge part of our upbringing was hearing about him, you know, and if there was ever right? 
anything that happens, yeah. you know, Rodney King, anything like that. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say, you know, always. So, yeah, I'm with you there. How can we not what, remember? <laughs> was it him or Bill O'Reilly? One of them, I just remember them saying, I want to soap you up like a falafel. And that is what my <laughs> chef, <laughs> chef's kiss. Ooh! I don't remember that chef's one. Chef's kiss, good sir. That oh, sounds like a Bill O'Reilly. It does sound like a Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was one then, of them. Yeah, what are they? <laughs> Those two are definitely cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So the security guard unlocks the door for Ed and Remy, whom Dan call, who he calls Tweedly Jesus. Tweedly dumbasses. After after going to the elevator, Ed the Third uses his iPhone as a GPS. He even calls it indestructible. I love that oh, they they told the security guard to make sure that he was there. You know, just about twenty four hours from then, and they would see how great this security system would be. Ed tells Remy how he's got the entire operation inside his iPhone. He recalls that when the iPhone first came out, and women would always come up to him and want to do sexual things with the phone. The two and then. The two start the bomb. Yeah. So basically, they're setting up something. We know that something's happening. They've told the security guard to be there. We know nobody else is going to be in the building. Here we are. We then cut to the Central Terrorist Agency. There, Jack Flowers discusses his relationship with three women who all died. The first was Tracy, who got decapitated by a man with a katana. The second was Eleanor, who got ex- who got exploded by dynamites. <laughs> The third and final was Taquandra, who was tied to a rocket and flew into an explosion and exploded. One of the commanders showed... (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Up on the screen, one of the commanders showed a domestic terrorist with a radical affiliation. That terrorist is Huey. Flowers, who frequently... Who is frequently disturbed by the screams of people getting kicked in the nuts... Isn't sure if he would hurt a kid. Yeah. Using the 24 timing countdown montage, we cut to Ed Wenslove, the third, and Jin Remy in their Cadillac Escalade. <laughs> Escalade. Ed is telling Remy more about how he used his iPhone for procuring and pricing all of their gear for the mission. As they are driving, they blow a tire. Ed says that he'll just call his grandfather and get a new car. But because they can't get a signal, they can't. Fortunately, they're right by the Freeman house. Inside the Freeman home, Huey tries to tell Granddad that the CTA is coming to get him. I picked it because it kind of ties into last week's episode and it also ties into the end of the show and the clip Tiara picked. Here Huey is trying to spit some truth and Granddad's like, I'm watching My Real Housewives. (laughs) Fuck off. And we kind of see the effects of like they're always ignoring Huey, the voice of reason, the smart one. But no, you know, ignore it and be distracted by Real Housewives, which also has a lot of political entertainment allegories to our real that's what yeah i was gonna say the whole yeah. i feel like the whole episode with the iphone with everything that goes on with the idea of 24 the tv show with the idea of real housewives like it was it's staying so much more than you know when just taking each 
story, you know, as, mm-hmm. as part of the story, like it's saying, look at all the things that we're distracted by and where we put our, you know, our level of importance and where we put our attention. But yeah, because look, everybody, especially when around this time, Real Housewives was, psh, come on, between Orange County and then Atlanta, but you couldn't tell. And then they started like Beverly Hills. You couldn't tell anybody. That was everything. You know, that's how Andy became as rich as he is now. That's how Bravo pretty much blew up. We think of Bravo back in the day. You watch Bravo maybe on Sundays because they would show a rerun of like, you know, Untamed Heart or something. Like that's what, <laughs> that's what your Bravo. That's what I haven't heard of, thought of in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I've been watching a lot of 90s movies lately. Our house and it became such a big part of our, of our everyday and social construct. So yeah, I like that you, you cho- chose that because that's what, the overall feeling that I've got over this episode that I want to watch yesterday and then watch it again today. Because I wasn't sure if I was elevated enough to remember what I watched yesterday. So yeah. <laughs> if, if I hear you on that one. Notes in there. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, I'm yeah. gonna have to go and watch Untamed Heart tomorrow, just so you know. It's it's on Amazon Prime, so it's happening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, I have been on a is this 90s movie cringy or not? lately watching a no, lot of- well we couldn't find the full episode without full movie without paying for it my cousin Vinny, like over oh, yeah. <laughs> the boys were gone for thanksgiving break and so we were just like sitting here and just randomly started saying shit back and forth and i was like <laughs> oh, how many fingers do i have up you know what is that dirt you know so we just- <laughs> and all we could do was find each of the funny parts on youtube so that's what we did <laughs> but yeah i mean 90s movies are <laughs> Uh, all right. So granddad doesn't believe it. Moreover, he doesn't want to be bothered while watching the real ho- housewives of Compton. While watching, there's a knock at the door. Frustrated, Robert gets up to answer the door and finds Ed and Remy. Next, we see Huey in his room going on his computer and purchasing train tickets, deleting files and grabbing, packing a to-go bag, bag with his katana and at least one book. I think there were a couple of other things like clothing, maybe. Downstairs, Remy is on the phone with Ed Wensler the first. Ed asks if they've made the final delivery yet. Remy tells him that they blew a tire and at the Freeman house. Ed tells them that they need to leave because the CTA is on their, w- their way to their house right now. So Ed knows that these people that he is supposedly friends with are about to, to have a terrorist agency at their front door. Just tells his kid to leave. Remy tells Ed the third that they have to go. Somehow, Ed's phone drops on drops in into the couch cushions. Ed starts telling Robert about the warehouse thing. Jin, trying to get him to shut up and go, keeps calling Ed's name until he finally catches his attention and they leave. Basically, Ed's trying to tell them, don't go anywhere near downtown. Go uptown. U-P-T-O-W-N. Uptown. <laughs> Huey leaves the house with all of his stuff that he brought with him. He eventually sneaks up on Uncle Ruckus, pulls out his sword, and kidnaps him. Cutting back to the Freeman house where Riley and Granddad are passed out while Real Housewives is playing. As they sleep, Flowers' CTA unit breaks into their house trying to find Huey. They only see Riley and Granddad snoring. Wake up somehow. Flowers reports they did not find Huey. However, a CTA member tells him that he bought a train ticket. As the countdown continues, the image zooms in on Huey and Ruckus uh, in the bus. Ruckus tells Huey that he can't wait for what the white man will do to Huey. 
Flowers and his crewmates, who are in the car, are catching up on the bus. As Flowers starts shooting at the bus, mainly trying to shoot Ruckus, Huey starts taking over the wheel. Ruckus also pushes on the gas pedal at Huey's insistence. A member starts, a member starts shooting. Eventually, a crowd of tanks, helicopters, and army men surrounds the bus. I, I wrote down the thing that really caught my ear there was when Huey was like, take your foot off the gas. And they skidded to a stop perfectly just inches away from the, the tank <laughs> somehow without hitting the brakes. Uh, Riley and Granddad are watching the scene on the news completely in shock. Next, we cut to the CTA headquarters where Flowers asks Huey if he knows who he is. Huey replies, no. Two policemen throw ruckus in a holding cell. Flowers angrily asks Huey, do you want me to kick you in the nuts? Huey again replies, no. Director Baines then walks in and tells Flowers to stop. When Flowers asks why, Baines says it's because Huey is innocent. However, during their search of the Freeman residence, they found... This iPhone was found at the Freeman residence, but it belongs to an Ed Wunstler III. Looks like he's the guy we're looking for. We found the attack plans, blueprints, schedule, everything. According to this, the target is Wunstler Plaza. There's something else. A large shipment of unknown materials in a warehouse. It doesn't say anything about what it might be? No, but it's definitely related to today's attack. We all know what it is. Bionuclear anthrax. Because in 24, it's got to be some, like, major, major terrible thing. thing. <laughs> Something completely made up that sounds awful. Right. Right. Bio-nuclear anthrax. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's even worse than, like, regular anthrax. <laughs> to say COVID and, you know, be right. a few letters down in the Greek alphabet. <laughs> Bio-nuclear COVID Omicron edition. Yes. Four hours to eradicate. And the reason why I picked that clip was not because of that clip in particular, but because of what immediately happened after. We all know that Ed and Remy never get in trouble because of who Ed the First is. So basically, you're watching this and you're going, how are they going to get out of this? So when Flowers apologizes to Huey, he promises Huey that the Wunslers will not get away with it. At that point, the director comes in. Excuse me, everyone. Can I have your attention? I'm afraid we have to abort the mission to arrest Ed III and his grandfather. What? What about the bomb? Sorry, Jack. Turns out some people are above the law. The Wunslers will not pay for what they did today. You have my word. Good work, everyone. Have a good weekend. And oh, uh, no going rogue. So we have, they're not going to get away with it, too. I guess some people get to get away with it. Which, uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Privilege is strong. <sighs> like right right like that's that's exactly the kind of different system for them versus us that people are just starting to acknowledge is actually the truth even though like black people have been screaming it for 50 years it's not until recently <laughs> that other that other people are like oh yeah you're right there are two different systems aren't there Child. What? <laughs> tell us? We didn't know anything about that. Like what? Yeah, it's it's been yeah, it's and it's prevalent when there's money involved, of course. And we know that you know, once no matter how much he wants his grandson to get caught up, shot, killed, be disposed of, it doesn't happen. And he always gets <laughs> off. And it's like, well, it is what it is. 
That is, that is really fun. Like, he doesn't actively want his, his grandkid to die, but he's like, cool, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. he doesn't care. It's sure. about the okay. money. It's about yeah. the money. So after, you know, the guy said, don't go rogue, of course, Jack decides he's going to go rogue because that is what happens in every 24 season. Flowers enlists Ruckus and Huey to go save the people in Wunstler Plaza. Huey is dubious. Huey, please, I'm just doing my job. It's a crappy job, but somebody's got to kick people in the nuts. And sometimes you kick the wrong person in the nuts, and that's tragic. But now we can both make sure it's the right set of nuts that get kicked. Hate this shit. One. <laughs> right? I hate it. Like, I hate that philosophy. I am one of those people, like, it's better for innocent, for guilty people to go free than for innocent people mm -hmm. to, you know, get shot or murdered or be in prison. But mm -hmm. I don't even think we have to unpack this very much because this, honestly, when you guys were talking earlier about the woman in Seattle who was shot, I was like, oh, okay, well, we're already having the discussion. So, but this is basically what it is. Not cool. Not cool yeah. yeah. Jack Flowers definitely has the mindset of kick him in the nuts first, ask questions later. <laughs> so, yeah, which happens, unfortunately, to black people all the time. but And brown yeah, people in the case of this. Job. Yeah, right, right. That's He's only doing like. his job, though. Somebody has to do it. <laughs> Somebody. Ah. Mm -hmm. uh, so, do 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 do. The timer continues to tick down as Huey and Ruckus arrive at Wunsler Plaza. Dan, the security man, is the only person in the building. Huey informs him that there are bombs in the building. Dan recognizes that the two are suspected terrorists, so he locks the door, keeping them inside. Meanwhile, Flowers arrives at a place he and he finds boxes with Dan, the security man, merchandise. We then cut back to Wunsler Plaza. Ruckus and Dan start fighting while Huey tries to find the password. Ruckus throws Dan, Dan down, tells him that he was hired by Flowers to get him out safely. He asks Dan the password. He confirms the password, but Ruckus thinks that Dan is insulting him, so he starts kicking him and stomping his testicles. After that, Huey stops Ruckus and types the password, eat my ass. The door opens, and Ruckus is immediately ashamed. I am so sorry, Mr. White Man. Never again will this foot touch white nuts. I included that just because it's so ruckus. But also, ruckus just yeah. did something. Like, he just beat up a white man to, for the right thing. Like, he he knew that that was going to kill him. That character um, development. A right? Of, of hope and light. Just, just a sliver. Just, a little just bit. for a moment. Uh, but yeah. So, so here's my question, though. Why was the security guard saying the password so many times before he was asked what the password was. Because he told people to eat his ass multiple times in this episode before we got to the password. Maybe right, because it was something easy for him to remember. Right. His insult was always, eat my ass. Yeah. And oh. so, and he did it twice. And then we had this scene where he says it like five or six times. But he had, he had said it twice before we even got to that scene. So that made me go, huh, he's just blatantly saying the password oh yeah he's like, picking up like, on it those people that whose password would be one two three four password <laughs> uh, right. you know. password is password <laughs> he's like he mm -hmm. ass. you know what I, it's it's he probably got a chuckle out of it every time <laughs> <laughs> yes you know? yeah. yes it was 
another very something that we see nowadays with things like Twitter, where people think they're getting one over on on like that's the kind of humor. Like I'm telling you my password, but you'll never get it because I get to insult you while I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's like their name, their ad. Right. <laughs> right. We now, we now cut to Ed the Third and Rummy pulling up to the warehouse. Ed realizes that his iPhone is missing. Flowers catches Ed and Rummy and asks who the man on the t-shirt is. Ed pulls out a gun and tells Flowers that he's a dead man just like you. Ed and Flowers start shooting at each other. Rummy starts to shoot, but he gets wounded by a shot from Flowers. Flowers starts to assault Ed the Third. Rummy also, Rummy then wakes up and realizes that the bullet went into his phone and not him. So that harkens back to earlier when he said something about the iPhone even being bulletproof. Indestructible. Back at Winsler Plaza, Ruggis is still apologizing to Dan, the security man. All of a sudden, the timer on the bomb hits zero. Huey tells Ruckus and Dan that they have to go now. They run out the front door as the building starts to explode. They all made it on time. Flowers calls Huey to ask him if he got everyone out safely. Huey claims that it was only one person. At the Wensler estate, Ed Wensler Sr. talks about America. These are hard times. Americans need inspiration. People want real life to be like in the movies, with good guys and bad guys and black guys, all that shit. This country needed a rallying cry, a reminder of why it's great to be an American. So you just make this stuff up? No, several overpaid members of the Writers' Fucking Guild of America make this stuff up. This is just a joke to you. We're talking about the lives of innocent Americans. Innocent America. Singular. Daniel Stuckey, a.k.a. Dan the Security Man. Have you ever met Dan Stuckey, Jack? He's a cocksucker. A waste of functioning organs. But dead? He would have been a national hero. We had Dan the Security Man action figures, fast food tie-ins, video games, a limited edition collectible sneaker line. We had Dan ribbons, Dan buttons, and Dan ringtones. And a feature film starring Jack Black. And all he had to do was die. But why? Don't you have enough money? No. I I had to do that whole thing because there was there was a bunch of jokes in there. I'm not even gonna like talk about why what what kind of throwbacks were in that shit. But it was so very like the bad guy explaining the plan, but also that is the conspiracy theory that so many people think happens like things like 9-11 you know oh it was it was a job like that in order to to boost the economy by creating this false sense of blah 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 blah. so like in reality Wensler is has created a conspiracy exactly in the way that the conspiracy theorists were thinking real ones were (laughs) and I thought that was really clever that's rich like that and but they're like basically evil they have some way that they, in their mind, that they rationalize why, you know, why they get to do, why they do, you know, why they get to do things that they do. And not even explaining why, not, not even being accountable, but mm-hmm. why they get to do the things that they do. And it's because of these, you know, these bigger things that have to do with society. Like, so they see it from a different way. They look like, well, it's not my fault that it ends up being a privilege. You know, to me, it's just the way that the world works. Mm-hmm. So they come up with their own, you know, Uh excuses for why they live the life that they live and why they make the decisions that they do so it's got you know it's that that whole you know evil evil character always has a reason for why you know you 
broke my tricycle when I was two. <laughs> You know, or something like that. Like, it's true. Something. But Wensler, right, Wensler well, doesn't have something personal about it. Like, it's just about money for him. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. But so, like, my the the thing for me in that whole that whole part was at that end where he was like, "Don't you have enough money?" And Wensler's like, he sits back and he's like, yeah. "No." Like, that's how I imagine Bezos, Bezos is. Yeah. Every time he makes another billion, someone's like, "Haven't you made enough money yet?" No. Oh, yeah. Like a hundred dollars to him a day. He's like, what? What? Ask for me that you're speaking. Yeah. No, I think the funniest thing that they said was Jack Black. Uh, <laughs> Jack Black. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes. I, don't oh, like fuck. Uh, I mean, but that's true. I think that's the way that Hollywood and the way that if they can look at it from how many streams of income can we make out of it? That's what they do, you know, and that's, I, I do believe that I may be a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, but I do think that things are planned like that, you know, to uh, batten the pockets of some. So I'm sure there are plenty well, of things that that happen to fatten the pockets of some rather than the the mass. I think yeah. things on a grand scale, like, say, 9-11 are pretty much impossible because of the amount of people that would have to be involved in it to make it work. And that, that there's no way in hell that that many people kept a secret. So, like, just just putting it out there, like, if that particular one was was a conspiracy theory, like, if that was actually a conspiracy, I feel like there are way too many people that would have had to be involved. So, yeah. yeah. Have you well, ever done a group project? Yeah. I just watched a thing on conspiracy theories, too, and some that will mm -hmm. always go down in the history of this country. Some of them are fascinating and yeah. probably have some truth to it. Yeah. Like quite a few of them, actually, especially like governmental ones, like maybe involving Cuba in the late 50s and 60s. And I wouldn't go so far as to say Kennedy necessarily, but I don't I don't think it's the story that we know. So, yeah, yeah. that I mean, <laughs> I think anything having to do with big business, you know, anybody. I mean, for example, PG&E, like here in, in California. Oh, come on. You guys have to be paying off somebody. Somebody sold oh, their yeah. soul. Somebody. It's a horrible, horrible, you know, electric service. And it's blown up and been responsible for the decimation of whole towns and lives and and like, lots of cancer and pollution and California lawsuits everywhere. It. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the first time I ever heard about PG&E was well, being a not Californian was Aaron Brockovich. Oh, yeah. Probably. Yeah, I think that was probably. <laughs> yeah, a light was really. Because that was one of the one of the many lawsuits that they had to deal with. <sighs> it just swooped under the rug, though. All right. So Flowers pulls out his gun to arrest Ed Sr., but gets a phone call. It's the president. First of all, huh? I want to congratulate you on the fine work you've done today. But, Mr. President, this man has conspired to... Yes, sir. Yes, Mr. President. You can let yourselves out. Such smugness. One, I love the, yeah, shady tone. Love it. But to me, what's really funny about this clip is, like, we're kind of full circle from season three, episode one, when Obama gets elected and we do mm -hmm. dick-riding Obama and all of that, and how he, Riley's like... 
Obama ain't no nigga. We kind of had these conversations about Obama's not for the people. And they commented on it as well in the chicken flu episode. But here again, we see Obama's not for the people. That kind of He's running still a fucking politician. That's- yeah. Yeah. It's that it I yeah. I think Obama, honestly, in in hindsight, for a lot of people, that was when a lot of us became disenfranchised, disenchanted with politics in general. Like that was the last politician. Like you made us hope for something. You made us think that something, you know, was actually going to happen. And then it was just the same shit, different day. But Joe, Um, he had a social um, presence, you know, between Michelle being loved. Like he was just, he was a good role model. Absolutely. And he said, you know, both of us have wives that are just undoubtedly much more popular and loved than we are. You know, him saying him and Jay-Z and Beyonce, you know, and I'm like, anybody loves Jay-Z more than um, them with that hair that's on top of his head right now. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Anybody loves Beyonce more. You but, always got to bring that up. <laughs> it's so worse. It's Basquiat like, it's hair. That I watched it the other day. I was like, you're, you're actually. You're it's looking that. more like Basquiat now. Oh, it, like, actually it looks like Basquiat now. now. I, I would love when it all comes together. When we get to the final, final result, I will be so happy. But he's he not that far from it. If you've, if you've so. seen Basquiat, like his, that's what his hair looks like. <laughs> I don't know if it's that or like, trying to be more like, you know, African king, like, like really get back to roots and some real like dreads. I'm thinking it's mm. a little, it's probably like rich people dreads. It like, looks just like Basquiat. Though. Yeah, it looks like. Anywho, Obama had a social, you know, kind of image that was, was loved and everybody loved him and, you know, loved how smooth he was. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. I was like, look at my president. Whenever he comes walking out, you know. I miss yeah. the days when I felt not inspired necessarily, but at least confident that somebody competent was in the position. Yeah. Like Biden, I think, is doing as good a job as he possibly can considering what the last four years were. But Obama, even if Obama was the best president of my in my lifetime, in my opinion, that does not make him a good president for me personally. I think for the country, he was the best thing we've ever had. He actually moved us forward for once, even though we've gotten back to almost square one. But yeah, yeah, but for the time being, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And he gave a lot of like my dad. You know, it gave him a lot of a lot of belief that things were going to get better, that, you know, he honestly never thought that in his lifetime, lifetime, he would see a black president. And while at the end of his life, he agreed with me that Obama did what he could do, but was still very much a centrist that like, even for him, like that was probably the first time like after Obama where he was like, I don't even want to vote Democrat. And he was a lifelong like blue, no matter who. Yeah. I think it was a win for so many. And it was also a, a time for you to really all of a sudden maybe look at your affiliation and why you voted the way you voted. And you know, I, I think it allowed some people a lot of just inter inter you know interthought, inter reflection to be like, well, am I doing what I was taught to do because of my parents? Or is this what's best for me as an adult going forward? I you know, I, I definitely know that that's what his presidency did for us. So you know, he's still, I still love to see him though. I'm like, all right, there, there's Barack. I talk about him with my homie. Like we just, we were at dinner the other day. Uh, In my there. classroom, we, we had a picture of Uncle Barry and that's yeah. what we called him. We called him Uncle yeah. Barry. I call Michelle Shelley. 
Like, we are just <laughs> like, best girlfriends. I'm like, look at Shelly. Look at her. I mean, the daughters, you know, you, you didn't have as you know, many scandals as I would say the, the twins, you know, the last other children, like major children that were in the spotlight. But I think they rebelled. They were like, look, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I don't care who says anything. Like, I think they, Jenna and what was the other name? Jenna and Barbara. Wasn't, Barbara. wasn't Barbara. it Barbara? Yeah. 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 Named they, after her mom. Especially Jenna. She was like, I'm going to go to college and be in college. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to do what I'm going to do. But, you know, you didn't. I, I think it was just the image that they created that allowed him to have overall uh, success and, you know, appreciation by by everybody. But by most, I'll say. But, there was a lot of things. And I think, honestly, him and Jimmy Carter, the thing that made them so great was the lack of controversy, the lack of terrible things that they did. Yeah. Almost every other president, you could name something from their administration. Like Obama put fucking kids in cages, though. Like that's where that all started. So I will I will say that Jimmy Carter, better president. The, right the only, yeah, the only thing, <laughs> the only thing they, they could ever even try to come up with for Carter. Oh, Carter was his brother. Mm, yes. They even made a fucking beer called Billy B because yeah, Billy Carter. And he was, a, apparently he'd been pulled over for drug driving a number of times back oh. then. You didn't get put in jail for it. You, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, he was known for drinking a lot of beer. And so somebody came up with a Billy beer. That was the only thing they could even remotely get. Other to, than making to, fun of him for being a peanut farmer. Yeah, that was, and that's, and he gave that up to become, yeah, he, right. he, gave, he gave up gave his farm. Up his <laughs> yeah. farm to become president, unlike, you know, other people. He like also, if, <laughs> he also, to this day, and he's in his like fucking 90s or something, he's still doing building houses for Habitat for Humanity. Yeah. And oh, he's, oh yeah. He's, yeah. he's ancient. Him and his wife, they are, they are still alive, still together. And still building houses for Habitat for Humanity when they are physically able to. Awesome. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. But anyway, let's see. Outside the Wunsler estate, Flowers approaches Huey. Huey, you did a good thing today. You saved a man's life. They don't win until you give up. They don't win until you stop fighting. You can't fight the future. Don't waste your life trying. Boy! Oh, we're so glad you're okay. I'm so sorry I didn't listen to you. <laughs> well, that very last line was very poignant to me as far as, you know, Magruder knowing that this was his last or mm-hmm. this kind of being his final curtain call or so he thought, you know, you can't fight the future. I thought like that just kind of wrapped everything up and I remember hubby going, wait, is this the final episode of the season? He's all, <laughs> it's not the very final. And he was just kind of listening to it as he was writing his paper. So he was like, it just sounded very final and that's him just kind of listening and you know getting getting just bits and pieces yeah that's Um, what i was saying in the beginning with with, when huey or when white shadow is like so i hear you're retiring and that's a good show like i just saw that as being magruder saying i'm out i'm done i can't do anything that's going to make these bitches happy so i'm just going to end it here where i'm happy and still have control yeah i'm tired of fighting pretty much like i've i've given my last fight yeah yeah when we now, get him home with the show, we'll be able to ask him. If I could find him. This is not where I was going to take it at all. <laughs> but yeah, hearing your conversations, though, it takes me back to like earlier when we were talking about canceling people. And I said, like when they canceled Kathy Griffin. No, no one can fucking cancel you. OK, unless you allow them to cancel you. All right. As a motherfucker who they tried to blacklist. 
I'm still here killing the game. <laughs> no one can fucking do it. They can no one can do it to you. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. Yes, in this case, they can take your TV show away from you and all this kind of shit. But I mean, and granted, we live in a different time now. But if Magruder took his ass on YouTube and did like live readings of his new Boondocks episodes, now what? Yeah. Now what, motherfucker? People are still going to tune in. So anyone out there getting canceled, although a lot of you fucking deserve it, but anyone out there getting canceled, you're only as canceled as you allow yourself to be. One, two, though, it's the uh, I, it's the whole like you can't fight the future thing. Like me and my mommy have had this conversation many, many times because when I was a person suffering from depression, that's what she'd always tell me. Like, you're too concerned with like saving the future, bitch. That's not your thing. Go sit down, go live a good life and enjoy, you know, all the privileges you have been lucky to be granted. But y'all, you can fucking fight the future. You just got to be creative about it. Just like I was saying with Magruder, do live readings of your episodes. Like for the election, I was online talking with other ultra left people the other day saying like, yo, why don't we organize ourselves outside of the two-party system and inject people who represent us into the two-party system? I know I'm about to get myself on a bunch of fucking lists, but y'all, this has been in my head for years. You can fight this shit. Just get creative. Yeah. Especially now. I, I love what you say. That's, I mean, that's, it's nothing more than facts. Look at how many content creators or creators have the ability to do what, to tell their story now versus 2014, you know, you, and especially those that are, are people of color. So, you know, you know, I feel like he, like I said, he's a, he just a genius man. Either he is just a magician, a sorcerer, a, a psych something. And so I feel like he is probably just sitting back and waiting for that perfect time for him to, to pounce and to do exactly just that. Aaron McGandalf. Yeah. <laughs> McGandalf the black. <laughs> exactly. And Gandalf the the obsidian. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. We we can't we really shouldn't nerd on this show. <laughs> Huey yes, would nerd. <laughs> Wouldn't be us if he didn't. <laughs> true. Very true. All right. So we're you're in the end here. Sorry, I didn't listen to you. Suddenly, gunshots were fired. Flowers comes out of the house with Ed the Third in a headlock and a gun to his head. Ed Sr. says, what are you waiting for? Shoot him. Basically, what we were saying earlier, like, he's like, you're not going to fucking do it. Just do it. Go ahead. You know, we'll see what happens. I'd like to see you try. Because they, they don't get consequences. And that's basically what Ed's saying. Like, go ahead, shoot him. I don't think you're going to because I don't ever have consequences against me. Flowers takes off with Ed as gunfire goes off all around. Granddad shares his thoughts. Man, Huey, you were really right this time. You said it was going to happen, and it's happened. Imagine all the problems we could avoid if we ever started listening to you. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, Dad. Thank you. And. Everything. And that, like, that last line is basically, like, the moral of the whole show. You just listen to Huey. <laughs> just listen to Aaron. Just listen to Aaron. Yep. Oh, hell. Yeah, because that's, I mean, that's, that's the, that's a number of times, but or basically, you know, they, they <laughs> mentioned <laughs> listening, listening to, Huey. to Huey. So, so. Should have just happened with the, you know, with the flu, you know, you know all that. Like you guys mm -hmm. didn't He had a whole plan. He had books for you guys. He had, you know, yeah, this Finally, season it was over and over again. Like, yeah, it was sprinkled it, through the whole series, but this season definitely. 
I wonder if in the new one, if he just won't give a shit and is just so laid back. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't have an opinion. That <laughs> probably would not be the case. But wouldn't that just be crazy if like that really were his vibe for two or three episodes where he was just completely laid back, nonchalant, didn't give a shit, didn't, you know, was an activist, didn't have anything that to stand on or believe in. And then something major happened that triggered it. Things like, happen all around him and everyone expects him to react, but he doesn't react until it's like some something with Jasmine. Maybe. Yeah, that's I was about to say, yeah, <laughs> so, Jasmine's got to get sick or get injured by something. She'd be accused of appropriate of cultural appropriation in her like totem. <laughs> and he has to like stand up for her. And he has to defend the light skinned white girl. No, the light skinned white girl always gets defended in everything. Down. And now, you know, you don't know where they're, they're loving. No. Maybe she comes back to college, like she went and went to Spelman or something like that, and came I, back. I I hope that the, uh, the 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 new series is is like not just them at that age now. I hope it's you know fifteen years later, and you know Huey's a poet laureate, and Riley's something like. I'm a stuntman. I think, it would, I, you know what? I think it would be hilarious. I mean, if they were, if they got older, seeing, basically seeing roles reversed, you know, finally Riley comes to his senses and matures, and like Hugh, Huey is Huey is just fully given up, become a complete stoner, <laughs> and doesn't give me. a fuck about anything. He's like, like dude, I'm I just want to smoke weed like, and play my PlayStation. Like Riley's yeah. Riley's a teacher in the future. <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> and somebody says, "Can a nigga borrow a fry?" Borrow what? <laughs> you don't give it back. Yeah, yeah, that would be funny. Uh, Aaron, you listening? Just let us know. <laughs> All you gotta do is just comment. If you're watching right now, blink with a little emoji. <laughs> you know, I so we have a comment like South Park post COVID. I haven't watched it yet, actually, but I've heard that they they did the whole. I have no idea. Uh, I, I I don't even pay any attention to South Park stuff, so I don't know. It's on Paramount well, Plus only. <laughs> well, that's why um, we haven't seen it yet. Now that we have that, <laughs> might have to. We started it, and it was so fucking funny. I fell asleep, though, but I was literally laughing out loud, which I usually don't do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. Hey, you were able to stay awake through this, though. <laughs> we're proud of you. Well, the lights are on and in my face. So. Amazon, you know. Yeah. Normally it's dark. I don't know how that only happened once. <laughs> no. I, uh, we were all worried. They were like, oh, is she okay? Lindsay <laughs> hasn't said anything in like 40 awesome. minutes. Yeah. I was medicated. I, don't, yes. I haven't yeah. been taking Xanax anymore. I gave it up. Gave it up. For That's Lent? A good idea. No, I just said, fuck it. <laughs> you know? Well, I don't, I don't. Was there anything no, else yeah. uh, in this episode that y'all wanted to touch on? Oh, no. It's crazy. It's the last episode. Yeah. yeah. Guys, that's crazy. It's, yeah, it's been a, we, we a whole growth of a uh, whole new year of growth in this. And yeah, it's, and starting next year with a new season and hopefully a new season, a real new, a new series, basically. I, I, yeah, hopefully next year we'll be doing season four and five, that next calendar year. Yes. 2022. Actually, that, that instead of a, a stupid white people question today, since this is kind of the, the end of the, the season, the end of the year, all kind of wrapped up into one, you know, is there 
Anything you guys are looking forward to in the new year, either with one of your other side podcasts or with this or some other, what's the word, side hustle you got going on? I just, I, w- I wish for everybody and I hope for everybody and I speaking to existence for everybody, just much love and light success wealth, prosperousness, and, you know, just happiness in whatever it is that we're doing, whatever creating that, you know, the universe allows us to do. And that's just kind of, you know, God, that's so different from what I would have said two years ago. I'd be like, I want this and this and this and this. And this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, you know, kind of leave it up to what has already been planned and just continue to enjoy building the relationships that we've all built and that, you know, the extended families that we've created through podcasting. So. I know that's what I hope for, you know, for everybody, not just myself. How about you, Linz? Yeah, I'm on the same, like, uh, a mushy-cushy trail. <laughs> just excited to be alive. That's it. That's 2022. Part. That's that's a privilege, y'all. So, right. seriously. Hopefully we make it. <sighs> yeah, here's, here's to making it through this through year. This year. Making it so far through COVID. Mm. Hopefully, the okay. What what's what's may the may the best of your past be the worst of your future. Aw, that's cute. <laughs> it takes a minute to think about that, but yeah, yeah. Kind of like that Bilbo Baggins thing. <laughs> I like I like half. I like half more than half of you, less than you should know, and whatever the fuck yeah. he says in that. Aww. More than you deserve. <laughs> yeah, less than half of you, more than you deserve. Hobbit. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the Hobbit leaf. I know. For us, obviously, we're moving. This is, I believe, this is the last podcast of all of the pod. No, no, no. Thursday, you've got the Sarah so, Connor. Yeah. Yeah. So our next disputed for those who are still listening is this thursday the what is that the second yeah mm-hmm. and we have sarah connor versus ellen ripley so terminate terminator versus alien so badass women yeah. finally and they're not fighting each other it's it, the, the the premise is no who do you trust more to get you out of a bad situation who are you going to follow if you want to live <laughs> come with me if you want to live and, and a couple of cool things that I found since setting this up is the one of the one of our adjudicators, I'm sorry, advocates is is going to do his opening statement in iambic pentameter <laughs> because he he is he is a fan of Shakespeare number one, but also there are there yeah. is an aliens and a Terminator Shakespearean version Terminator two Terminator two it's it's called <laughs> Terminator the second. <laughs> <laughs> like that somebody just made and put out there which yeah. are both fucking hilarious. <laughs> when right. you're th- when you're theater nerds and you're movie oh, nerds and action the, nerds. I love the creativity. Hey, why not? That's awesome. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Well, this should be fun. So yeah, this will be our last of the year. The only other thing I'm doing this year that I have planned, which will be once we've moved, is I'm filling in, I'm jumping in on the recap episode for the produce stand for their season nine. Love them. Maybe I will, too, if we actually have stuff set up by then. Yeah. (laughs) We shall see. All right. Well, 
I guess if we're not going to have another one of those, that that's about it. And it's, unless you unless you have a question for a stupid white person. <laughs> my my question for stupid white people is why? Because you know communism. <laughs> you know? So I have a stupid white people thing for you guys to watch. If you guys will look up on YouTube, it's called Channel Five News, and it's not a real news channel, but it's it's really funny. There. Are college they just graduated college and they went to school for journalism but they do very tongue-in-cheek reviews of things like they went to like a QAnon uh rally or they went to talladega not talladega nights but talladega nights two years two separate years so it was two two years in between but the way that these people are is fucking hilarious and then this is what i was going to recommend yes the reparation march that it was called the uhuru the U-H-U-R-U rally, and it took place in Oakland earlier this summer, and you guys just have to watch it. It's, look, their hearts are in the right places of what they want to do, but having white people march for reparations <laughs> and for them to give their reasons why, why, yeah, it. Why, why they need reparations? No, no, no. Why they, they're marching for reparations. Oh. For <laughs> I was very confused for a second. Yeah, no, for, Af- for Africans. But it's only like it's only white people that are and they are all like the you know, last two years residents of, of Oakland, but they're very, very, very woke. And like I said, their hearts are in the right places, but it is definitely full of like, ooh, really? Did you say? <laughs> there was literally a girl crying asking the same question that we had talked about a couple weeks ago about I just want to do something yeah. to help. <laughs> I'll actually try to remember to see if I can send you guys the clip. If not, just remember to look it up. It is mm. a March for Reparations for Africans. All you, you know, YouTube it. It is, it, it's a very interesting. Okay. This is the point that the, the guy that they had out there, he was asking people for money and they were giving it to him. Cash shopping it, giving him 20s when he asked for fives. Do it like, yeah. This is how much they wanted to help. They would just give them random, but yeah, it was. I mean, I <laughs> I've had somebody send me five bucks once on like <laughs> during Kwanzaa, but <laughs> that's, at least that's for that. Like he was have. So do you believe you you're here supporting? Yes, we'll do. Can I get five dollars? Sure. Uh, Only have a twenty. Will you take that and just gave this man? Yeah. So, I mean, if you hear of another one of those, let me know. Just, right? I'll, I'll come down for the weekend. <laughs> so, are, are we celebrating Kwanzaa this year? We're not. We're right. not even celebrating Hanukkah, and I'm actually Jewish, so no. Can we, we can't do the Harambe. We're not going to do the Harambe. Oh man, I was looking also forward to my what are they Kwanzaa cake? I don't know. I don't. There, no, no. I mean, okay. there's Chris. There's a Christmas goose. There's. <laughs> Is there? Yeah, well, that's, I, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the tradition. Yeah. So. I don't, just, I don't know. My family never did that shit. So, yeah. yeah, my little one asked me about it. I was like, I don't know, child. I know about, I know about, look, I know, we, <laughs> I know about some <laughs> holidays in other countries, but I don't yeah. actually know about Kwanzaa that much other than the little bits that I've um, passed on to the kids that I teach because. Yeah. And if anybody knows and want to educate us, please, I'm more than happy to learn about it. Not saying Seriously. that, you know, trying to be facetious about it at all, but I just, yeah. When people well, say it to me, like, it's interesting to me because yeah. it's, it's not African culture. It was made by African-Americans. Yeah. 
And like, I, I would like to learn more about it. It's, it's just never been a thing that, again, I'm not around a lot of black people though. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if, I don't think anyone in my family has ever really done it, but I have a friend who, who celebrates every year and named their child after one of the days. So, so there, I do know people, but I don't know. Just never. Oh, that's beautiful. If they and they do, and they understand it. Hey, that's that's fantastic. I just want somebody to know if they say something to me, and I may respond with, you know, Santa Claus is coming to town, versus, you know, <laughs> or whatever it may be. But festivus yeah. for the rest of us. Uh, yeah, we used yeah. to say uh, Happy Soul Christmas Kwanzaa. Soul Christmas Kwanzaa. So it'd be the solstice, Christmas, Kwanzaa, and Hanukkah. I feel like there's another one in there too, but I'm missing of the OC. Aw. that holiday this much? Yeah. And when Seth chose to date Summer instead of Anna, it was on Chrismica. That's right. When she wait, did Summer or did Anna <laughs> give him the, the Chrismica? They made like a Chrismica Yamaka form. Oh, I think was, I think that was summer. I was think, summer? yeah, that, I think that's how she kind of she pulled him in by that. That's yes. right. And she read the whole like Torah or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Great show. If you guys have never watched OC. All right then. Mm. Nope. Never, never watched the OC. <clears throat> so, so good. Listen out. Yeah. Not, not my wheelhouse. <laughs> my forte. Not my forte. We should do reaction to you know Lindsay and I talk about someday. <laughs> Someday when, when I have like the brain space to watch uh, something like that, I would absolutely watch it with you guys like doing commentary and we could just watch my face the whole time. Uh, I want to um, see, you know, I think it would be great. This would be kind of <laughs> stupid white people TV is <clears throat> have you guys do just watch whatever very white people type of TV could be from any era, you know, could be definitely Mayberry RFD. All that stuff. I love Maude. <laughs> Happy. Uh, I Ma- love Maude was all super the nor- progressive. The, the Norman Lear stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's that's because yeah. yeah, that's because yeah. But that would yeah. be good to like throw those in there and be like, look how it could be done, right? Like, yeah, you know, look uh, look at how woke this this <laughs> actress was in oh, the seventies. You know, the, talking about abortions. Family. I would love to react to Mama's family and see how like she would react to that same deal Got today. Mm. But yeah, um, I mean, but you get yeah, but then you have like Dallas. You know, those yeah. those all those so white people. Oh, very yeah, white. People. I'm into that. I'm into that. Like. Some dynasty or something maybe <laughs> not slamming like yep. all of that it's just that we used to have to watch with our moms if we watch tv we got to stay up to 9 30 oh you mean you mean like like what was her name murder she wrote or columbo diagnosis murder that was that was a fun one oh, yeah. matlock. matlock yes matlock we could go ahead Mason, yeah. oh, my God. um like, yeah, well, so we should we should come we should we could do this a couple of ways. We, I could either, we could make like a list and have people choose what they think are their most white people shows. <laughs> I like that. And then we, and then we set the about Waltons. that way. Oh God. <laughs> Little house on the prairie. Oh my God. That <laughs> was, <laughs> man, that was like, well, what am I being, what am I, mean, I being punished for? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, at least Cher, Cher has some, some, some native I mean, in true, it. True, true, true. So. Banana, she's saying songs about gypsies. But yeah, that uh, would be a good yeah. one. So let's, let's talk know. about that one sometime. Maybe that. Not on the show, probably. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Before we come I mean, back, 
I mean, we may have to start a whole new sh- podcast because you know we it's may ru- we may we may run out of boondocks. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I said, like let's think about doing something like that in the summer yeah. when because when is the new? We don't know. Five, I do, theoretically, we don't know. Okay, I have no idea. So theoretically, that could be I our mean, bridge between. Well, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Anyway, you'll see. He works. Look at that. Boom. And I was just saying, prosperity and new great things next year. Look. Mark Bird is speaking into existence. Look how we work. Love it. All right. right. I love you, bitches. I hope you have a fantastic rest of this year and new year. And we'll see you in January. Yes, yes. And much, 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 much celebration and love and congrats on the move. And I know everything's going to go smoothly. You guys are going to be like, we just woke up one day and we were there. Right. That sounds perfect. Love you. Happy holidays, Kwanzaa, <laughs> Christmas, the whole nine. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's Hanukkah right now, and like I feel like I'm missing at least two. Off, like I don't know. Anyway, all right, loves. We'll see y'all later. I hope you tune in in the new year for season four of the Boondocks. Bye, guys. Don't take this the wrong way, but. I need you to get the hell up out of here. Hey fam, thanks for joining us again as we make our way through the trials and tribulations of the Freeman family. We're going to be taking a short break until after the new year, but stay tuned because we'll be bringing you the fans' most favorite season, season four. Want to know where to find us on the social medias or where to subscribe to the podcast? Just head right over to www.theboondockspod.com slash links. Have a stupid white people question you want to leave us? Email us at host at theboondockspod.com or leave us a voicemail at 760-933-8636. That's 760-WE-3- undo shout out to the artists who've created our intro and outro tunes our intro is hashtag make a change by k-i-r-k you can find them on spotify itunes and title our outro is good times by audio binger you can find them on freemusicarchive.org and youtube